Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Yeah, it's my, um, it's my privilege to be introducing our new sermon series, um, which is called Pointing to Jesus, as you can see up there. Um, it's just a great opportunity for us, really, to let other people have a go at preaching, guys who may be don't do it regularly. In fact, we have a rule that the regular preachers don't preach on this series, except for the person who introduces it, um, which is why I'm up here. Um, it's good, isn't it, just to hear different voices, different perspectives, and to give people a chance to kind of um, have a go for a shorter period of time, doing something quite scary. And I just ask you, not for me, but for the rest of them, um, could you really be encouraging to them because they've taken a big step and it's quite scary and, uh, you know, much as you lot are all lovely, it's still quite scary. And, uh, yeah, please do encourage them and go up to them and say thank you and well done. And I'm looking forward to hearing all the different stuff that all the guys are going to bring and they're going to talk about different characters. And, and what we're doing, the, the remit that Craig gave to everybody was to look at a kind of a favourite character from the Old Testament. And um, not just because they like that person or they like the story, but kind of to look to how that person tells us something or points us towards Jesus. The Old Testament is very much there. The ultimate point of the Old Testament really is to prepare the people of Israel, the people of God, for the coming of Jesus. And in all these different characters, there's something about Jesus. There's something about Jesus in them, even sometimes in their, their bad things. He's, he gave them kind of three points. He said, I love it, He's, I think he invented a word. Um, see their likeness or oppositeness to Jesus. I'm not sure oppositeness is a word, Craig, but I knew what he meant. Because um, sometimes there's things about these characters that are not good, but actually kind of then contrast what Jesus is really like. But also... They often demonstrate positive things that actually point us towards Jesus. And then he's asked them to look at how, that includes me of course obviously, how Jesus is actually greater, better than all of that. And then the most important thing is then earth that and then bring that into what that means for us now, what that means for us today. You know, is there something we have to change? Is there, is there an encouragement in there or a challenge in there for us? Because God's word is meant to have an impact, isn't it? And it's uh, meant to change us and make us more like Jesus. Now, I think looking at Old Testament characters, you probably, if anybody knows me really well, I love looking at the Old Testament and I, love, I, just, I just love that part of the Bible. And the reason for that, I think there's a couple of reasons really. One is kind of people in the Old Testament are a real encouragement to us. They're seen as an example. Um, the, the writer to the Hebrews wrote this famous chapter on faith, which, uh, it, which starts, this is Hebrews chapter 11. He says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. For by it the people of God received their commendation. And... Um, the reason why the writer put all these, and then he lists various people, and he gets to the end, he goes, and I can't tell you about this person and this person and this person, is that these guys in the Old Testament are an encouragement to us. They didn't even know about Jesus. 
and they stood out in faith and they did the things that they did. But also I think it's the honesty of the biblical accounts. Um, Lots of the really famous people, the real greats of the Old Testament, all their walks are shown. So though, you know, you can think of Abraham, talk about his great faith, the fact that he went going somewhere where God hadn't called him to called him to and didn't even know where he was going the fact that he had faith about his son the fact that he took his son up on a mountain thinking he was going to sacrifice him not knowing what God was going to do all these great things that he did but also he had flaws he did the same thing wrong twice he actually twice lied about the fact that his wife was his wife and said that she was his sister which she sort of was because he was worried that someone was going to kill him because his wife was attractive. And, um, but I like that. I like the fact that the Bible shows people as they really are, because then I can look at that and say, I can do what he did. Because actually, if they were all perfect and they just swung through life and everything was okay, we probably wouldn't relate to it. So I, I just love the fact that the, the Old Testament is so honest. It doesn't gloss over the faults that these guys have as well. And um, so I got to choosing my favourite character, and I'm afraid that somebody got there first. And I'm not sure I'm the only person that happened to. And um, so I've chosen one who's quite close. Um, But you can try and guess who my favourite character is. Um, There is a bit of a clue in my family, and I won't say any more about that. Um, So the guy that I've chosen, yeah, I think someone's already got it. The guy that I've chosen is Elisha. The prophet Elisha, which people often confuse him with Elijah. I just love the fact that they followed each other and their names are almost the same. How confusing is that? Um, but I love Elisha. I mean, there's some quite weird stories, there's some quite weird things go on in his life. But I just love him. He's such a good guy. And, and there's lots of good things you can say about Elisha. Um, one of the things is that he served his master, Elijah, well. Um, when one of the kings of Israel was talking about him to the king of Judah, he talked about Elisha being the man that poured water over the hands of Elijah. And that was the kind of thing that a servant did. They didn't have sinks, did they? So your servant would pour water over your hands as you're washing your hands. And what he was saying there was, was that Elijah served well. He wasn't pushing for um, his own thing. He, did, he, he served well. And actually, that's a good sign. That's a sign of good character, isn't it? That people can serve well before they're kind of given opportunities themselves. And then I love the story of when, um, when Elijah was going to be taken up into heaven and Elisha asked for a double portion of the Holy Spirit. I love that. He didn't say, I want to be like you. I want more. And I just love that heart. I love that heart of kind of wanting more of God. And it looks like he got that as well, because if you look at the Bible, um, it looks like Elisha performed twice as many miracles as Elijah did, at least what was recorded. But there was a few things about him. There's a really weird story. looks like he was a bit sensitive about his appearance. I'm a bit sensitive about the fact my hair is grey, but at least I've got it. And um, I think he was bald. And um, I I love the Bible because it says 42 small boys. Somebody counted them. 42 small boys kind of mocked him and told him to get out of town. Get out of town, Baldy. And um, I think because he was a prophet of God, or maybe he was upset, he cursed them in the name of God. 
And then the story goes a bit nasty because two she-bears came out of the woods and mauled the boys. Anyway, so maybe he was a bit sensitive about being bald, but there we go. It's okay. It's a sign of, a, of respect. Um, but my favourite story is a story about when his city got surrounded by an army. Now, Elijah had rather upset the king of Syria because every time the king of Syria sent a raiding band into um, Israel, the Israelites were ready for them. They either ran away or they were prepared for them and protected themselves. And he got really fed up with it. And um, someone told him it was because of the prophet Elisha. So he thought, I've got to do something about this. So he got an army together and they sent them to the city, Dothan, where they were. And um, we wake up, they woke up and they found this army around the city and his servant was not very happy. And we read in 2 Kings 6, reading from verse 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elisha said to him, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And then there's this story where Elisha actually leads the whole army away and takes them to the capital city, Samaria, where they kind of got fed and then sent away again. And um, I, I love this story. And it reminds me of another story about Jesus. And Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he fell asleep in the middle of a storm. And we can read about this in Matthew. Oops, post-it notes stuck. Find that. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 23. So Jesus got into the boat. And his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm in the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? And I think there's a bit of a parallel in both of these stories because Jesus, I don't think, needed the storm to be calmed. And I don't think Elisha was too bothered about the army around him. And it wasn't that they didn't recognise the danger. It wasn't that they were, you know, kind of stupid. But they trusted God. They knew that God was in control. And I don't think Jesus actually needed to calm the storm. Not for his own sake. It was for the sake of his disciples so that they would be calm. And again, you can see the same sort of thread going on in the story of Elisha because he wanted his servant to know that everything was okay. He wanted him to be calm. He wanted him to be secure. So he asked God to show him what was going on. And um, I got to wondering, you know, why, why was Jesus so calm? Was it because he was such a super-duper person? He wasn't worried about storms. Was Elisha you know, a bit gung-ho and didn't really worry about an army. And I think that, that, wasn't, the pro that wasn't what was going on. 
I think what was going on was that both of them had a really deep relationship with God. They knew what God was like. The first thing was they knew about God's character. They kind of knew that God was um, a God who cared about them. That a God that was interested in them. That God was on their case. And that they didn't have to worry because of that. But they also knew about what God was like. They knew about his power and his authority. And both of those things flowed out of their relationship with him. Both of those things came out of the fact that they knew who God was and what he was like. And um, I, I think if, if we're going to think about what this story means to us, that, that's a challenge for us as well, isn't it? What is our relationship with God like? Are we staying close to him? How do we respond when we have times of difficulty? And I love this because sometimes I, sometimes I don't want to preach on things because God kind of gives me challenges and kind of reminds me that maybe I'm not quite there as well. That I haven't quite got there. And we've had quite a difficult time at work. There's been a lot going on. Um, I think about four people got made redundant this week. And other people. But, but I've also had an ongoing situation. And um, a few things that I'm not very happy about. And um, kind of came to a bit of a head. Um, they're kind of asking me to do some training and some stuff to get myself qualified for something. That, so the company can bid for work. And they're kind of going, well, you're really busy You've got to do it in your own time. So stuff that. And, um, but very interestingly, God's good, isn't he? Because actually I had a conversation with Craig, had a conversation with Dave. Dave's been in a similar kind of situations to me. We're in similar kinds of lines of work. And actually both of them independently told me the same thing. Just don't stand for it. And God's good, isn't he? He brings along people to help us and encourage us as well. And I just want to encourage you that actually also in, in that, Although I kind of wibble and wobble a bit, there is a, there is a kind of a bedrock of certainty in my life. And that comes out of a life spent with Jesus. A life spent doing the kind of boring things like praying, um, reading my Bible, um, coming along to church and worshipping, even when I don't feel like it. I do agree with you, Peter. This is such a privilege to be able to come and worship God together. But actually... Part of that is because it's good for us. It builds up our dependency on God. It, it reminds us of how great he is and how good he is and um, helps us. So we, we have to do those things. But also, there's a really wonderful thing in this story and in Jesus' story as well, is how when we're close to God, when, we, when we're close to him and we have a great relationship, that means we can help one another. Like I was helped and like I've been able to help other people across, across my life. And... Um, but it isn't just about what we do, is it? And when we were singing that song, those famous verses in Isaiah, and we're talking about how God lifts us up on wings of eagles, God reminded me of something. Eagles don't do very much. They kind of fly to get to a certain height. Then they put their wings out, because they've got huge wings, haven't they? And then they, basically, they pick up on the thermals. So what they do is they whip themselves up on the thermals, and they get really, really high so they can see what they're going to go and grab and eat. And then they just swoop. And they just use that height that, that, that they've gained from the thermals to do what they need to do. And it is very dangerous when we talk about something like this to say, well, you need to do this. But the key thing to remember is it's already been done. It's all about grace. It's all about what God has done. 
And that's very much, you know, Jesus has done it all for us. And what, but what we need to do is just grab hold of that. So the, the eagles can't just um, sit there on a rock hoping that they're going to have their dinner. They still have to fly up. They still have to do the things that they need to do. But most of what they get, they get from just the heat causing the thermals to rise up so they can come up. And it's the same for us. We need to stay close to God. We need to do those things. But actually, it's God that then does it. So that's the lesson for us to learn today. Let's pray. Yeah, Father God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that you can look at a story like um, Elisha and you can think, I can't be like that man. He just seems to trust you so much. He just seems to, to rely on you so much. And yet, actually, that's not true. That's true. That you give us your son, Jesus. And that through knowing him and through building a relationship with him and, and living with him, you can be with us in the storm. You can be with us when we are surrounded and when we think there's no way out. That you provide a way out. And that, Lord, that we can just soar on wings like eagles because you are good. And you are kind and you have, you have given us Jesus and you have given us all that we need. So Lord Jesus, I just pray, maybe there are a few here today that feel a bit like that. I know I've felt like that in the last few weeks, some of the circumstances that I've faced. But Lord, you have been true, you have been faithful, you have been good to me. And I just pray you remind us, help us Lord both to, to stay close to you so that, that blesses us, so that helps us to live for you, but also so that we can help one another. And actually Lord, even more, we can help those who don't even know you as they're drawn to us. I see us trusting in you, you know, and they know us just as we are, but they can see you in that. So, Lord, just come and bless us now. Thank you, Lord. Amen.